0: Tonight, we are jumping right back in where we left off a couple of weeks ago. Does anybody remember what we've been talking about? Yes. What in particular? No. Conflict? No. This whole What's that? Romans 1.16. Zach can tell us that whole verse, right? No? Okay. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is a power... It is the power of God for salvation. Can you finish it? First to the Jew, then to the Greek. Yeah, none of y'all got it. A couple weeks ago, we started this off, and what we said is we're, we're breaking down this verse because we're talking about what this idea of being unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ means. What it means for us to be unashamed of this God that we say we believe in. And the first week when we looked at it, we just started with, I am unashamed, the very first part of that verse. And we looked at the life of David, and we looked at how David went up against Goliath. And that David, to have the ability to go up against Goliath, to be unashamed, to take a stand, to be bold for God, David had to know a couple things about God. And looking at David's life as a teenager, we found out that David knew he was called by God. And he also knew that no matter where he went, no matter what if he came up against, God was with him. so that's why David's able to be bold in scripture, and that's why we're able to be bold and be unashamed when it comes to living out this gospel of Jesus Christ and then the second week, we went through what the gospel is. Does anybody remember that acronym g o s p e l anybody remember that God mm-hmm. You, you, you lost it right after God. God our sin. Close. God, our sin, paying everyone life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It starts with God. In Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning, God. God existed before anything. Before anybody, God was there. And very quickly, God created man, and then man took God's story, and we made it our story because of our sin. Sin entered into the world with the choice that Adam and Eve made to rebel against God, and because of their choice, every single one of us is born with a sin problem, and that is why Jesus came paying the debt for our sin. Jesus Christ came, God in human flesh, and paid the debt that we owed to God he died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And he did that for everyone so that every one of us could have life. Scripture tells us that when we are born, we are born dead. We are born in sin and sin makes us dead. But when Jesus died on the cross and Jesus forgives us, we move from death to life. That's the gospel. God, our sin, paying everyone life. Pretty easy one to remember. There's a really cool YouTube video on that. You ought to look it up by a guy named Propaganda. Go check it out. So let's keep going. We've got, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. See, tonight we're moving a little bit farther in verse 116, and we're going to the power of God. So here's what I want to ask you guys. When I say the word power, what comes to mind? Superman. Superman. Wait, I hate Football. What's that? Kick out the end. 24 power. We're still on football. Okay. Music. I can't hear you. Electricity. We're going, yes, we're going basic there. Anybody else? What's that? Kings. Yeah. Power. Kings. Mob bosses. We got kings. We got mob bosses. Okay. I like it. We We got a variety. Hey, mob bosses have power. We got a variety here. What's that? The Leon band. Oh, we're getting a little school pride going here. Aubrey. You got to speak up, buddy. I can't, what's he saying? What are you saying, Aubrey? Gang bosses? Yep, you and Landon got the same idea there. Okay. Now, can anybody tell me can anybody tell me what every single one of those answers has in common? You get yelled at by Coach Kraft. Yes, if you're a gang boss, Coach Kraft will probably yell at you. Okay, what what do they all have in common? They all have power, but there's something else. Think about the power. All of the things that you guys named: electricity, mob bosses, kings, band, school, all that stuff. Yes, those all have to do with power, but every single one of those that is power that can be taken away. Think about it. Say your band's the best in the city. At some point, another band can rise up and become the best and take that power. A lightning storm can take out your electricity at any given time. Okay? Football. You can get beat on the field and your power, it's not there anymore. Okay? The reason The reason I say that, guys... The reason I want you to to catch on to that is that a lot of times when we think of power, the things that we think about, the things that come to our mind, and the things that we strive for, what we're really striving for is control. We want to be the most powerful. We want to be the best. We want to have the most money, the most stuff. And we see that as power. But just like all of those things that you named, that kind of power can be taken away in the blink of an eye. You can be the strongest guy on the football team until the new freshman class moves up and now somebody's stronger than you. You can have the nicest car in school until the new kid comes to school and their parents are just a little richer than yours and now they have the nicest car. See, every single one of those things can be taken away. But, but guys, when we talk about the power of God, that's not something that just goes away in the blink of an eye. The power of God is completely different than the power we think about and the things that we, that we scramble for and the things that we strive for. Those things can be taken away, but the power of God, that doesn't change. That doesn't go away. And as we're going to be looking at this tonight, we're going to see there are so many different things that we could talk about when it comes to the power of God. For instance, we could start at the beginning of Scripture in Genesis and we could just start with the power of God's voice. Just His voice. Scripture says God created, or the the term is ex nihilo, which basically means God created out of nothing. God spoke, and things happened. Words came out of God, and things appeared. We don't have that power, do we? I could say this, and Pastor Jesse said, every Wednesday and every Sunday, every student in the North Florida Baptist Student Ministry will bring their Bible and a friend I would love it if I had that kind of power. So you guys be here every week with your Bible. Even if it's on your phone. I'm fine with that, as long as that's all you're using it for is your Bible. Okay? I know you are, but I think we got a couple who aren't, so please use your phone for your Bible and nothing else right now. Put it away, Mac. Or how about this? How about this? If I had the ability to say, and Pastor Jesse said is going to appear in Mr. Tom's wallet right now. Check your wallet. See if it worked. Do I have that kind of power? You do? Hand it over. Anything? No? Okay, see? We don't have that kind of power, do we? When we talk about the power of God and and just specifically about the power of God's voice, the power that is contained in the spoken word of God, that's something we can't do. We can't speak and just make things happen. We can't speak and just make things appear. See, that's, that's what I'm ha- trying to help you understand. The difference between the power that we go after and the power that God has, even as something as small as His voice, is so incredibly different. That's why Scripture tells us in Psalm 29.4, it says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. You see, when we talk about the power of God, even if we just stayed on his voice, that one aspect of the power of God is so much greater than anything we can ever do or imagine. But you see, what this is talking about in Romans 16, when it's talking about the power of God, it's talking about all of God's power. It's talking about God's omnipotence. If you don't know what that word means, that means God is all-powerful. That means God can do anything He wants to and that power, believe it or not, is something that you and I are intended to experience, even if just a small bit of it in our lives. Scripture tells us that when we, when we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, that the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. And it tells us that we have God living in us. We have the power of God in our lives working through us, working in us. Now, we can't wield that power the way God does, but it's there. If you have ever spent any time following God, listening to God, you've probably experienced some of that power. When you need comfort, when you need joy, when you need grace, when you need mercy, when you need all of those things, that is what God allows us to have in our life, and it is only God that can give us those things. And as we talk about this idea of being unashamed, you follow David's story. We left off when he was a teenager and he fought Goliath. And we saw God's power there, didn't we? He took a stone and a slingshot and he killed a guy that was nine foot, almost nine inches tall. With a stone and a slingshot. And then he took Goliath's own sword and cut his head off. God did that. That's the power of God. But as you follow David's story, you see time and time again where David is in situation after situation, running for his life or fighting battles or doing what God's called him to do. And time and time again, you see God's power guiding David. All the way until you get to 2 Samuel chapter 22. That's where we're going to be tonight. David sits down and David starts to reflect on the power of God. And as we get into this tonight, what we're going to see is that through all of these different things, all of these battles that David fought, all of these issues in his own life, these mistakes, these sin errors that he made, through every single one of those, he still looks to the power of God because it's that important in our lives as believers. So let's just start. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. We're going to jump right into it. It says, And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song, on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, if you read the account of David's life, David has fought a lot of enemies, and he spent a lot of time running from Saul. If you don't recall, Saul was the king. David was God's next chosen king, and Saul spent a lot of time trying to kill David and hunt him down because he didn't want David to be the next king. But through all of that, David learns some things about the power of God, and the first thing that he learns is that God's power, God's power protects us. Did you know that? God's power protects us. Sometimes God's power protects us from major catastrophes in our life. Sometimes God's power just protects us from getting into things that we shouldn't get into. Yeah, we had, a, we, we had friends in high school, Miss Kathleen and I, and we would have friends who would say, you know what, I can go to parties, but I don't drink because I'm, I'm not tempted by that. Well, the truth is they probably weren't tempted by that because God protected them from that temptation. And See, sometimes we don't think about it that way. But you say, you know what, I don't have to worry about that sin. I don't have to worry about that area because I'm not tempted in that area. Well, that's because God has protected you from that temptation. That's the power of God that does that. And this is what David's talking about when he picks up in verse 2. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Look at the words David uses here. You guys are getting ready to start school. You're going to have English classes. You're going to have to write. And you're going to have to write things that are descriptive. And the whole idea is that you write things that put pictures into people's heads. Not on the screen. Not movies. But we're actually, you know, pen and paper. Read the words. And it puts pictures into somebody's head. Those are the kind of words that David's using here. He's saying that God is his rock. Fortress, deliverer, shield, horn of my salvation, stronghold, savior. You see, when I read these words, when I see rock, fortress, shield, stronghold, first thing that comes to my mind is a castle. You guys you guys like Harry Potter, all those different movies. What is it? got Harry Potter, what other castle movies are? Oh, excuse me. Lord of the Rings, anybody? Lord I got a couple of you, okay. Lord of the Rings is too gory for you? Okay, go back to sleep. That's what I picture when I read this. Those are the images. Those are the words that David is using. The closest thing we probably have to a castle or a fortress around here is the fort at St. Augustine. How many of y'all have been to the fort at St. Augustine? (coughs) No, I said here, like in Florida. Not on TV. Talking about the real thing. There are some spots in that fort, guys, where the walls are 14 feet thick. 14 feet. That's thick. And the reason they did that, guys, is because there were areas in that fortress that when people were there, they wanted them to be safe. They wanted to know that no matter what was coming at them, no matter what was coming towards that fort, that if they got into those spots in that fort, they were going to be okay. That's the same kind of imagery that David is setting up here when he's talking about God. He's saying that this is who God is. This is what God does. God protects him. This is coming from a man that has been in battle. This is a man that has seen war. This is a man that has hidden out in caves, mountains of stone. And yet he doesn't talk about how they are his fortress and they are his salvation. He says, God is my rock. God is my fortress. God is my salvation. Because it's the power of God that protects him. All that time he spent running, all those different things he experienced, David recognizes it's God's power that took care of him. It's God's power that protects him. Let's keep going. Second Samuel 22, verse 5. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I call upon the Lord to my God I called, from his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Right here, in these three verses, we can see exactly why David is able to say all of those things about God that he said in verses 2-4. through four. He's saying that when I faced death, when I went through all of these things, and David faced death, Saul tried to kill him, armies tried to kill him, David tells us that when he was a shepherd, he fought tigers, or lions, and he fought bears. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for somebody to say that. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. But Scripture tells us that that he fought lions and bears. It says when 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 they were coming after the animals, that if they reared up against him, he would grab them by their beard and kill them. That means you've got to get up close and personal to that animal to grab them by the hair around their neck. And yet through all of that, Through every bit of that, guys, David says it's God's power that has protected him. And what you need to catch, what we need to see right here, is David's response. When David faced all of those things, when all of those problems were happening in his life, it says he cried out to God. His response when things were going wrong, when things were happening that he couldn't control, his immediate response was to cry out to God for help. This is a man that was led a kingdom, led armies, led all kinds of people, all of these different things that he could turn to for help, and it says he cried out to God in the midst of his trouble. Is that your reaction? When things are going wrong, is your immediate response to say, "Okay, God, don't God, you're the only one that can take care of this." I know I'm guilty of this. I tend to turn to myself. Or to turn to somebody else that I think will give me good advice. But sometimes I'm sad to say my first reaction isn't to run to God. But you see, what David is showing us here is that is exactly what our reaction is supposed to be. Now, I got to see this <laughs> I gotta see a great example of this. One time when we were growing up, we had a pool at my dad's house. And my dad and I how many of you guys have a pool at your house? Okay, good to know. I'm coming swimming sometime next week. Just throwing that out there. At our house, My brother and I were tasked with cleaning the pool. And cleaning the pool, (coughs) understand, it's not like many of you may have. It's not plugging the vacuum into the side of the pool and just letting it go. It's putting the vacuum and the brush on the end of the pole and cleaning the entire pool by hand. So my brother and I were doing that one day. And my brother's on the deep end. And we've got like this 10-foot deep pool and, and the deep end walls goes about three feet up above the water. And my brother's sitting there sweeping the pool. And as he's sweeping the pool, he's leaning over the edge. And I'm about halfway down the pool, and my dad's all the way at the shallow end. And as my brother's sweeping, I don't know what happened. But something happened, and he got too far over the edge of the pool. And the next thing I know, he's falling in. And here's the thing that that killed me. Here's what caught my attention. Is as he's halfway to the water, because this whole thing's like in slow motion. He's like... As he's falling... Remember, my dad's all the way at the shallow end. My brother screams out, Daddy, Daddy, no! I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. Now, understand something here. My brother is a year and a half older than me. At this point in time, my brother is an offensive lineman, high school, 200-something pound football player. I, I want to say he was about 15 when this happened. So number one, I'm laughing because of that. Number two, I'm laughing because my dad couldn't do anything. My dad's at the other end of the pool. He couldn't run over there. He couldn't help him. He couldn't stop it. He couldn't do anything to keep this from happening. But what caught my attention, what catches my attention now, is that as my brother was falling, his first response was to cry out to his father. Because for some reason there was something in him that made him believe that our dad could do something. Could help him when he couldn't help himself. That's what David's talking about right here. That's what David's saying. That he cried out to God that no matter what else was going around, no matter what else was going on, there was something about God that made David believe that God could help him even when he thought he was beyond help himself. That's the response that should be our response. That when things start going wrong, when things start happening in our lives that we can't control, it's not to to turn to our friend or to turn to people around us. It's to turn to God first. Yes, God might use our friends. He might use our parents or teachers or teammates or whoever else that is in your life. God might use them to work out the situation, but He wants us to come to Him first. Because it is his power that protects us, and it is only his power that can protect us. That is the response that God's looking for for us. Because just like David, God hears our cries. He knows our pain. He knows our problems. And when we cry out to him, he hears us, and he will provide for and protect us. Now, it may not be in the way we think he should. It may not be in the way we want him to. But his power will provide and protect us. But that's not all David learns here. David also learns not only that God's power protects us, he learns that God's power should frighten us. Now, Pastor Ray talked a little bit about this on Sunday. We're going to dig into it a little bit deeper. It says in 2 Samuel 22, verse 8, Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth glowing coals flamed forth from him he bowed the heavens and earth excuse me he bowed the heavens and came down thick darkness was under his feet he rode on a cherub and flew he was seen on the wings of the wind he made darkness around him his canopy thick clouds a gathering of water Out of the brightness before him coals of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breaths of his nostrils. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I read that description, that's scary stuff. He says God has, he is, it's quaking earth, smoking nostrils, devouring mouth, flames coming out. Now some of you will probably say that describes your parents when they're angry with you. <laughs> Thank you for that sympathy, Laverite. I appreciate it, buddy. But you know what? You, you hear people all the time talking about how God is love and God is peace. And God is mercy and God is grace. And God is every single one of those things. But God is also a jealous God. God is also a God of wrath. God is a God of anger. And ladies and gentlemen, we should fear God because of His power. Because of what God can do. This, this is the God that made everything. We should fear Him because of His holiness, because of His righteousness, because of His power. And Scripture tells us over and over that we should fear God. It says in Job 28.28, And He said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Psalm 111.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Proverbs 1, seven: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. One more time, Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. We are supposed to fear God. If we weren't, it wouldn't say it over and over and over in Scripture. Talk about the power right there. It's going on right now. That's one small aspect of the power of God. Because, guys, the power of God is more than we can ever imagine. God has the ability to do things that we could not even possibly think of. Think about the things that scare you. Okay, how many of you all are scared of cockroaches? Okay, okay, no, that's fair, that's fair. How many of you are scared of spiders? See, I I, was, I, I like Grace's like, uh, yeah, that's me. The reason I ask this is because oftentimes when you all see one of those and they're this big, I'm looking at everybody, and then you tell the story, and that cockroach was this big, and that spider had 15 legs, yeah, then you freak out. Okay, hey, I wasn't going to do this, but i, I got to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story on you, Kathleen. Can I tell a story on you? It's a spider web. Okay, hey, guys. Our first house in Jacksonville, i got to tell this story since we got on spiders. We used to have banana spiders in our yard all over the place in Jacksonville. And one night, hold on, hold on, one night, Miss Kathleen walks outside for something, and she, she's walking past a window right right at our bedroom so I can see her outside. And as she's walking, what she doesn't realize is that there is this web that's about two times the size of her head. And there is a big, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, there is a big banana spider. It was as big as a bird, apparently, in this web. I have never seen Miss Kathleen react this way before, but she's walking along like nothing's wrong, and all of a sudden she hits that web. And she just goes, and takes off running back in the house. I have ne- Was that an exaggeration? Am I telling the truth? Yeah, she can still feel it. No, I'm not doing it again. And we didn't videotape that. Guys, we have things we're scared of. How many of y'all are scared of clowns? Wow. (laughs) Taylor's like, I'm getting you a clown for your birthday next year. That's what I'm doing. Hey, guys. Think about for a second. Think about how for a second how scared you are of those things. They are. But you know what? That is nothing compared to the power of God. Did you hear me? The fear that you have of those things is nothing compared to the power of God. And the power of God, it should frighten us. It should scare us. Us, Because we can't control the power of God. You can get out of that spider web. You can step on that cockroach. You can run away from that clown. (laughs) Did you just call Coach Kraft a clown? I'm going to let him know that. But you can't run away. Hey, guys, you can't run away from the power of God. And it's not the same as Coach Kraft. You can't run from it. And it, that should scare you. Now Pastor Ray talked about this on Sunday and he was talking about the power of God or he was talking about the fear of God and that we should have a fear of God but it is, it is not a fear that just keeps us cowering and scared all the time. You see, if it was, then that is going to be a contradiction to something else we see in Scripture. Scripture tells us this in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Some people will say, okay, if I'm supposed to fear God, yet I'm not given a spirit of fear, i got a contradiction right there in Scripture. But that's not what it's talking about. We should fear God. It says it over and over again. But the fear that it's talking about in that verse in Timothy... It's talking about fearing man and fearing Satan. We've not been given a spirit of fear. If Jesus Christ has forgiven us of our sins, if we have given Him our life, then we have been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability not to be afraid of Satan and not to be afraid of anything that man can do to us. But God, we need to be afraid of. Because God can do anything. Guys, God made you. God could snap His fingers and you're gone. That's a sad, I know it's a sad thought, isn't it? It's scary. But guys, guys, that kind of power, that kind of power, that fear should lead us to an awe of who God is. Not that we're living our lives scared to death that God's going to get us And God's going to, as my wife likes to quote from Lord of the Rings, smite our ruin. He's not going to kill us. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to watch Lord of the Rings. Please, do yourself a favor. Okay? All of them. If, If, guys, if we understand who God is and we understand His power and that power frightens us, that fear should lead us to an awe of God. That's what happened with David. As we keep reading here, we see that the other thing David David learns about God's power is that God's power deserves praise. All of those things that David went through, all of those experiences, that fear of who God is, leads him to turn around and worship God. Think about that for a second. If Scripture says over and over, fear is the beginning of wisdom, fear is the beginning of knowledge, that should lead us to worship God because we fully understand who God is. We understand the power that He has and what it is He wants to do in our lives. Look at what David says here at the end of this chapter in verse 47. It says, The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me. Who brought me out from my enemies. You exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Verse 50. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing praises to your name. We get to see right here how David responds to the power of God. Over and over again in Scripture, David is running, David is hiding, David is trying to survive. And all of this, all of this leads him to praise God because of what the power of God has done in his life. Guys, there are going to be times in your life when you have no idea what's going on. You don't see how God's working You don't see how God could possibly be letting you go through the situation you're going through. You don't understand how you can serve this God and still experience the life experience you're having. But you see, if we understand God's power, if we see God for who He really is, then even in the midst of that, we can still praise Him. We can still stand up and we can sing to Him. I know some of you guys stand in here on Wednesday nights because I see you. I watch you. And as we're singing, this is what you do. You just stand here. It's like you forgot the words you've been speaking for 14, 15, 16 years. You've lost the entire English language. Praise God. And I can say that because when I was your age, that was me. I didn't sing. Ever. I went on a trip with my youth group and we had a college leader who threatened me. He said, if you don't sing, I'm going to lick your face. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He licked my face. Because I wasn't going to sing. No, he didn't get the hair, just the face. That was low. Guys, the power of God should lead us to praise Him, because it deserves praise. If we understand God's power, if we have a healthy fear of God's power, then we have an awe of who God is. And that awe will lead us to worship. And I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about in our life every single day. I'm talking about when you hear the Word of God spoken, when someone is reading Scripture, you close your mouth and you open your ears. That is living in awe of God. When you have the opportunity to just be still, as Scripture says, be still and know that I am God, to observe His creation and you do it, that is living in awe of God and that is praising Him and that is worshiping Him. That's what scripture means when it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. And it is the power of God that changes our lives. It is the power of God that looks at me, that looks at every single one of you and says, sinner, 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 sinner. Sinner, every single one of us. Every one of us has lied, Some of us have stolen things. Every one of us has had thoughts we shouldn't have had. Every one of us has disobeyed or disrespected our parents. All of these things that are about us and not about God is sin. And every single one of those things, even just one of them, separates us from God forever. But guys, God took His power. God took His power and He wrapped it in flesh and bone in the form of Jesus Christ. And God took His power and He had it nailed to a cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could look at Him and say, God, please forgive me. His power brought Jesus Christ back to life. His power forgives our sin and gives us the opportunity to know Him, to fear Him, to worship Him and praise Him. So my question for you tonight is do you have the power of God in your life? And I don't just mean, has Jesus forgiven you of your sins? Yes, that is part of it. That is the most important part of it because that's where you start. Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? And if you have, what about the rest of it? How is the power of God playing out in your life? Are you living with a spirit of fear? Of God or a spirit of fear of Satan and everybody else around you? Don't worry, guys. If the power goes out, we're still going to be here and we'll keep going. Luckily for you, I got an iPad. I can still see. Is the power of God a real thing in your life? Or are you just going through the motions? Are you really fearing Him? Are you really praising Him? When we stand to sing tonight, when we stand to sing, do you have reason to worship God? Has God, if nothing else, saved you from eternity in hell? Has God shown you what His love feels like in your life? If God has done nothing else for you, that is worthy of singing to Him. That is worthy of worshiping Him and praising Him power of God, is everywhere. And some of y'all are scared right now from that lightning and thunder. Good! Praise Him because of it. Worship Him. But guys, don't waste the opportunity. Hey, don't waste the opportunity. Don't miss out on the power of God because it is the power to change lives. Let's pray and then we're going to sing. God, we do thank You for giving us the opportunity to be here tonight. God, we thank You as as scary and frightening as it can be with this weather. God, we thank you for your power and that we can so clearly see your power. And God, I pray right now that as as we stand up, as we sing, God, help us to be in awe of you. Help us to worship you, God, even if our neighbors aren't. Help us to just sing to you like we're the only one in the room. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.